Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And, and this, this is Storymakers Story Show. Show. Today on Storymakers Show, we're going to do a very brief podcast about burnout. But first, or maybe apropos of this, what are you working on? Um, I'm working on a cold <laughs> and um, primarily that. Your back's and my back's out. out. Go play tennis. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds good. And How about let's, you? Let's just say, but because you because this is relevant, like you. So September was a month of taxes, launching our book in a year, redoing a bunch of videos for book in a year, uh, going to two film festivals for your film, winning an award. I guess that was the end of August, um, right? Like going. Anyway, it was there. Were a lot. A lot happened. Yeah. Up until say yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was. So now you're like, here, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. And I finished the latest draft, submitted it, you know, that, that, and then I was also doing taxes and all the rest of the mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. you were doing. And um, so, yeah. So, so for some reason we thought, let's do the topic burnout. Let's check in quickly about the challenge mm-hmm. that we gave last week, which is also relevant to this topic, right? So I... Got sort of, I was still sort of gung ho. I had turned in my my draft, and I was thinking, I want to be that person who finishes one novel and puts the rolls right into the next. Rolls right into the next, and there is definitely a typewriter in that image, which might be important because I think like rhythmically typing a novel on a manual typewriter is maybe a different thing altogether. It, it speaks to a different t- moment in life. Right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I was all excited and what should I do next and blah, 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 energized. And so we did this and I submitted a couple things. So we did a let's write something new, a story or an essay and submit it this week. So it did lead to my writing several opening drafts of several different things, a a sort of a story, I can't even remember what it's about, and a couple of different essay beginnings, I mean, you know, drafts, sort of very loose drafts. And finally, as the day drew nigh, I did a tiny love essay, which has to be under 100 words, and I submitted it to the New York Times. It's about you. And... I was, we had a little, I don't know if that's cheating. Is it cheating? Why would it be cheating? Well, because I wrote something that's under 100 words. Well, we didn't say it has to be any particular thing. Right. So anyway, but I, I feel really kind of happy about it. There is. But I will reserve the right to say that I was successful because I wrote a number of texts. And <laughs> um, cumulatively, that was probably 100 <laughs> words. So. One of the things I want to say is that I, I realized very quickly that I wished I hadn't taken on the challenge mm-hmm. and that I really actually needed downtime and that I didn't want to do it and all that. And at the same time, I'm really, really happy for the things I did. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't every day and it wasn't complete. And, you know, and but even the submitting something, there is an energy to doing something and putting it out in the world. Absolutely. And I do want to encourage myself and mm-hmm. any listeners who need this encouragement to keep doing that, to keep getting things out there. Right. Even if they don't get published, just to be kind of doing that piece, ushering it out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do a very short podcast 
That's my next event, pinging yeah, send me. send a thumbs up, and um, let's do this. Um, burnout. Let's, we're going to just say that burnout is kind of part of the cycle. You know, actually, what I really wanted to talk about around burnout is that I think it's not always obvious to a person as it's coming on. Mm. I don't think it's as simple as like, oh, I'm burned out, and therefore I know this thing. Um, I think burnout takes a number of forms and you might think, oh, I feel depressed or you might feel, um, overwhelmed and you might feel these other things, but you might not actually associate them with burnout. I often am like, I mean, now I'm learning and part of it's through coaching and paying Mm -hmm. attention, but I, I often feel like what's wrong with me? I never like, like, I never am like this, even though, you know, I am every time it happens. And, like, why am I not energized? And am I ever going to be energized again? Like, am I ever going to want to do the things that I normally do? Mm -hmm. And what I'm learning now is to realize, oh, no, this is a cycle. And it means I need to rest. And I do get my energy back. And I do want to do the things that I normally do. Like, I want to do them when I'm not in burnout. Right. So, okay, so pay attention to, is there, is there anything well, you Well, I guess, to... I think that the thing that I really wanted to talk about, because the truth is right now, I am in burnout. Mm-hmm. I feel exhausted. I feel, you know, down. You know, I think that um, struggling with meaning and, you know, the value of the work and all of that stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm also noticing I have a lot of shoulds in my head about what I... Uh, you know, we have so much emphasis in our culture right now around being productive. And even though I know like, oh, like someone being, you know, an artist being productive might look like lying down on the couch, which is true. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a scientist, any creative, any thought or knowledge worker is going to be someone who needs those spaces of time. And I think for, for, that we have that one like yeah of course but we also have this message about being hugely prolific and being getting stuff done and getting being super productive and the truth is um we don't have great ways of measuring what it means to be productive so um you know i was dropped the kids off i was driving back and i was thinking about donna tart right because she she's written some wonderful books three and they take about a decade for her to write. And <clears throat> I just, you know, being a fan of her work, it's a little bit hard for me to say she's not being productive in those 10 years, right? right? So her process is productive, and it results in a body of work that I think she has every right to be proud of. And that doesn't mean someone else's process is, should take as long But I think our definitions of what is productive um, really hamper us so that we we have all of these like productivity apps and activities and, um, you know, this, we just sort of keep layering on. We're supposed to be marketers as well as creators, as well as parents, as well as, you know, all of these things. And again, this is the voice of burnout talking. And I think that's what makes burnout hard because it's not like you when you're in it, have that sense of, oh, this is just what I should be doing. 
Like this is my body and my, you know, creative self telling me you need to slow down. It's me failing. Right. And, and what's insane is that when we're checking off the items on the list, checking, you know, checking email, check, picking up the phone, doing something, doing something. A lot of that is stuff that isn't really important to us. It Mm -hmm. isn't in the circle of what do you want to do with your life? Right? Like, what do you right. want to do with your life? Answer a lot of email. Right? I mean, no. So, so, so what can, conversely, what can seem incredibly productive sometimes isn't. Right. Absolutely. And I have to say, like, I have not installed the um, email app on my new computer for my editing. So I have it on a computer and I have it on my phone, but I do not have it on the the computer at which I am doing my most focused work. Oh, I love that. Um, clearly, I have to turn off my text notifications <laughs> as well. But um, so I do find that I'm actually appreciating those things, and I, I still, you know, can get to YouTube. So there, there's that. <laughs> um, but I think I wanted to talk about burnout today because. It feels terrible. We return now, and just a full disclosure. We took a break. We did. After It Feels Terrible. Because it feels terrible. But also because we were running up against the clock. Remember I said this was going to be a very brief podcast? And all of a sudden, we were getting into territory that felt really important. And interestingly enough, in the time of the break... Uh, in which Angie went and played tennis and I went to a dance class and we had lunch, um, we got an email from somebody who is struggling with burnout, really. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something that is so important, especially because anytime you face the blank page or whatever you know artistic form you're, you're facing, is there's always a challenge. So I think to differentiate between this is hard and... I am a little rag with no energy left in me is important. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because you always, there's a resistance and pushing through and all of that. And then there's a point where you can't just keep pushing through. You have to nurture your energy. There's this dog. It's not ours in the back. Our neighbor's dog's a little off the hook. I think they're not hearing it as annoyingly as, it's not as annoying to them as it is to us. Just like our burnout isn't as exhausting to them as it is to us. The main thing I want to say about it, though, is that I think sometimes it's hard to actually recognize it. And so you feel terrible, and yet the thing you most likely go to is some kind of character failing. Right. What is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think I just, you know, I had this interesting experience where I was like, I was so happy playing tennis. So a lot of the sort of depression associated with the burnout was lifted. I was like, ah, you know, and I was like, great. And then literally as soon as my whole um, clinic was over, my tennis clinic was over, I was just like, I felt that wave return of, you know, fatigue and depression and, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. things. And... I think one of the things I want to speak to is this notion of here are the things that, you know, when you feel worn out or depressed, the thing people often give you is a list of things you can do. And, you know, right now when you're burned out, like things you can do for your burnout is not what you need. (laughs) 
you don't need another list of to do's. You know, I, I want to say I want to say that you know, in addition to having this month that just was nonstop, where it was like there really was very little downtime. I mean, it was in chunks in a day rather than you know rather mm. than a day or whatever. Right. And um, so this so it was this crazy month, but also I want to say that you know your film sort of premiered mm-hmm. in these two film festivals, and I wonder if. There's, you know, and I just finished my draft, so I wonder if there's... there's Post-project the, depression? Right. Like, there's the burnout of, I've just kept expending energy without re- receiving, you know, nurturing it. And then there's the, I finished something, and there's, like, a letdown. Well, I think that this is kind of one of the things I sort of am interested in looking at is, I guess the larger question is, how important is it to really identify what caused it? Yeah. Well, only this. And I think this is, I do think this this part is important. One is, you know, I think if at all possible, one should not have a month like we had in September. And it's not terrible or anything. It's not tragic. It just, but it was just so nonstop. And I'm wondering, like, if there's a way to you know, to divvy that out a little more, whether it's more planning ahead or more whatever, or just more like, or saying no or whatever. So there's like that piece and the preventative piece. Mm -hmm. And then there's the kind of knowing you're in a moment in a cycle piece that I, that can also be helpful. Like, um, like I had a student say, you know, I really, I figured out this problem and I'm struggling with it and I don't know what to do. And I said, that's Great, that's what happens. You figure out something, someone points it out, or you realize it. You struggle, you're, you feel like you're never going to have the answer, and it's all over with. And then a few days later, the answer comes to you. And when I saw her the next time, she said, oh, you well, I figured it out. In fact, she had written us a bunch of emails successively right. asking questions and then answering them, and then she figured it all out in those emails. <laughs> so anyway, so just yeah. knowing how the, those things work can be useful. Yeah, so fair enough, being attentive to yourself but I think the important thing is you know there are times when you do need rest and we often underestimate just how busy we all are and how much time everything takes and it it ends up being you know there's always this pull between like the thing you're wanting to do for your art and what you want to do for your family and what you want to do so you can eat next week and um and then just self-care and right and so i think um you know coming out of this and because i was so happy playing tennis and then physically feeling the return of this sort of other feeling like a little you know it's like that feeling when you're at the beach you know and the water's rushing out underneath your heels <laughs> and your heels sort of sink yes I'm beautifully <laughs> described i know exactly what you mean um and that's sort of like how my happiness felt it was taking like all of this happiness is being washed away from under my feet and i think i don't need a to-do list of how to make myself feel better right now right i think what i need is you know to acknowledge oh look i am sick like that is happening you know the fact that i have a sore throat is indicative of not being as healthy as i would like to be and the emotional part you know that sense of just being drained and having no ability to rebuild your reserve 
means you are at burnout. And and I don't know for other people because at this moment, like as a person who's dealt with depression and anxiety, you get so many lists about what you should do and how you should handle your feelings. And, you know, to stop feeling depressed, go be physically active. Well, that totally worked for an hour and a half. That's fantastic. And um, at the same time, I think there's this really important need to give people permission to see and experience their real overextension and to allow themselves to not try to make themselves better by expending more energy. I had this other thought, which is... um... Sometimes things that we describe as depression and anxiety, which are certainly real things, but I wonder if some of them come about because we're not allowing for the real feelings of like, say, grief. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean grief like traumatic grief. I just mean, um, you know, just thinking about friends who are saying, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm anxious about X thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or you're sad about it you know what I mean or you know like like we just don't all have everything we want and we can't all have everything we want and you know there's a there's an anxiousness but but there's also just oh that's sad like I'm disappointed or I'm sad Mm -hmm. or I'm Mm -hmm. afraid or whatever yeah I think burnout to me feels different and I think I keep coming back to that idea because um I'm a person who normally has a ton of energy and so just being aware of the fact that it takes me like eight seconds to put together each and every <laughs> word in my sentence isn't indicative of like the whole world is ending. It's indicative of the fact that I'm exhausted. So, so let me ask you this, because we we're not we're not putting out any shoulds for anybody, including you. What is it that you want? What is it that you need? What is it that, you know... If there's no should, you do. I think from right now, the thing I keep fantasizing about is, well, when we went to my parents' house yesterday, or when we go to the CSA that we belong to, and we are in a quiet space with a lot of natural surrounding and... um you know, like the harvesting of those tomatoes was just simple and nice. And and when it was done, it was done. There wasn't like, oh, my God, like we have to harvest these tomatoes today and we have to harvest more tomorrow <laughs> because it was a set of like, oh, well, not all the tomatoes are ready to be harvested. Right. And also, there's so many tomatoes at your parents' house that there's a way in which like we're never going to get them all so that the task is not like 100% efficiency it just isn't right and there's just a good i mean there's an end i think burnout <laughs> makes you feel like there's no end and that was and, like the month we had and i think that's the thing is you starting to engage for me engage with tasks that are discrete and have endings and so little of a so little of the work world at this point, whether you're a knowledge worker or whether you're anything else, has a boundary anymore. And I think burnout is when you hit that point where you need a boundary. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not entirely okay to need a boundary these days. So what we want to say to you listeners is have a boundary 
draw a boundary. Like a cookie. Or don't. You know, not a should. But we want to offer you permission to... Have a boundary. Have a boundary to to take a break, to rest. I want to say reading is another thing that I think is so healing. And when we're doing it on our phone all the time, it feels like there's just so much coming in at every level. Mm-hmm. But I love, you know... Or projects, projects that are done with your hands. I mean, the truth is, I also assembled a 3D printer that was a little bit more disassembled than I thought it would be. But And it took me like an hour to put that thing together. But it was this nut, this washer, mm-hmm. this screw, this, you know ribbon cable this you know and it was and at the end there was something there Mm. that had become from pieces into something whole and that felt good you actually cooked a great meal the other day yeah so so, maybe this is it like like the sensual real world yeah it's curative i like that all right it is time for steal this Amateur poets borrow. Professional, Professional poets, poets steal. What have you come across in your wanderings, readings, touchings of things with consent <laughs> that you would like to take and make your own? Um, Do you want me to go first? Yeah. So I was listening to this podcast, um, Writers on Writing, mm-hmm. with Ann Patchett, an interview with Ann Patchett, and it was so great. It was just a great conversation and one of the things about her new book, The Dutch House, which I haven't read yet, um, but which I'm hearing great things about, is that it was for the first time, it was the first book that she, um, at 55 and something like 10 books in or, or, or something, um, she, she read it and she was like, this is terrible. And she, she threw it away and she started again. Mm. And um, so... You know, and and she, and she was great about it, too, because she said people have said to her, um, gosh, that must be like losing a child. And she's like, no, it's not. It's like burning a cake. Like, <laughs> I, you have the ingredients, you start over again. And then maybe right. you can even pull some out of the middle and eat it, you know. <laughs> but While was, you're, yeah, making the next one. I mean, it was really, it was just, I don't know, it was great. So, um, so I feel inspired by her. She also never texts she's never texted or done any of all that mm-hmm. stuff so speaking of back to like the burnout she's sort of she said i feel like i'm walking around in a world of zombies like everybody's staring at their palm you know mm-hmm. and she's just never done it so she's just in that world of like being in her head and in that around. world of the world yeah that world that, <laughs> that world of the world so uh you know i'm just thinking about all that stuff um but anyway, I, I don't know. There was more. It was just, it was really inspiring. Mm. Writers on writing. Yeah. Great. And Patchett. Um, I think this week, what have I come across? You know, I actually saw this film uh, called More Beautiful for Being Broken, or Having Been Broken. Mm. Indie film. Indie film. Film festival. Film festival, goodness. And... I, it was really funny because um, there were ways in which it was sort of unapologetically emotional. And I think Mm -hmm. I do a lot of couching of emotion in humor. And, you know, and I, I think at the same time, I'm moved by the unapologetically emotional. So I think that 
actually talking about burnout, about my feeling burnout, whatever, is me sort of even trying that on and just saying like, you know, the things that I want to work on, the things that I care about, like, I can't believe I'm this age and I'm still struggling to figure out how to give myself permission to be fully present in my work and in the things Mm -hmm. that matter to me. And sure, a lot of things matter to me, but that that's great though is yeah it's great i mean it's great that a lot of things matter and i think that it's a human struggle to try to be present and to be you know because you have to sort of know yourself fully and then show up there and that's that takes that's always a process Mm -hmm. right it's not just a done and otherwise you're phoning it in from 20 years ago you know what i mean yeah but at the same time it's it's interesting so it's just interesting to really think about what it would be like to a little bit I think I wear my mind on my sleeve <laughs> and if I were to wear my heart on my sleeve what would that look like oh <laughs> let's end there